Let's take a moment to pray. Oh God, open Your Word to us and open us to Your Word. We ask it in the name of Jesus. Amen. Take your Bibles and look with me to Mark chapter 7. Mark chapter 7, we'll be looking at verses 24 to 30. I want to talk to you this morning about coming to Jesus for mercy. Now, I know when we think about coming to Jesus for mercy, we automatically think about people who are lost, people who are unbelievers away from Christ, and we, we, we understand they need to come to Jesus for His mercy, and that's absolutely true. But what I want you to understand today is that as Christians, we also are in constant need of the Lord's mercy. We are in constant need of, of God's compassion and His Kindness. Listen, we need Jesus to get involved in our lives and do for us what we cannot do for ourselves. You're going to come up against obstacles that you see no way around. You're going to run into walls that you can't get through. You're going to have problems that you don't have solutions for. You're going to have questions that you don't have answers for. Listen, you and I need the Lord's mercy. And coming to Jesus for His mercy should be a regular practice for every believer. And I want you to be able to come to Christ in such a way that you can be assured you will receive His mercy. I want to tell you today, there's a way you can tap into the Lord's kindness for your every need. Now, that doesn't mean you can get Him to do anything and everything you want Him to do. I'm not telling you He'll give you anything and everything you want. But I am telling you that He will absolutely come to you in your time of need, and out of His kindness and compassion, He will help you. So let's look at Mark 7, verse 24 to 30, and learn about coming to Jesus for mercy. Before I read the text, let me just remind you of the context. In Mark 7, verses 1 through 23, Jesus engaged in a controversy with the religious leaders of the Jews. The central issue was really this. What makes a person unclean in the sight of God? What makes a person unacceptable to God? Well, the Jewish religious leaders, they look to all their own human traditions to answer that question. A person who is unclean is one who failed to keep all their rules and rituals. Jesus said, being clean is not a matter of keeping religious rules and rituals. It's a matter of the heart. Jesus looked to the heart as the central issue. Now, we're going to look at the story of a woman today that Jesus has an encounter with. And pretty much everybody is going to agree this woman is most definitely unclean. 
No Jewish religious leader would have ever given this woman a chance of receiving any blessings, any benefits from God. And yet, she comes to Jesus and finds mercy. And in her story, we will see the key to coming to Jesus for mercy. Stand for the reading of God's most holy word. Mark 7, beginning in verse 24. Jesus got up and went away from there to the region of Tyre. And when he had entered a house, he wanted no one to know of it. Yet he could not escape notice. But after hearing of him, a woman whose little daughter had an unclean spirit immediately came and fell at his feet. Now the woman was a Gentile of the Syrophoenician race, and she kept asking him to cast the demon out of her daughter. And he was saying to her, Let the children be satisfied first, for it is not good to take the children's bread and throw it to the dogs. But she answered and said to him, Yes, Lord, but even the dogs under the table feed on the children's crumbs. And he said to her, Because of this answer, go. The demon has gone out of your daughter. Going back to her home, she found the child lying on the bed, the demon having left. Please be seated. There are three principles that I want to show you. And each principle builds on the previous one. So that once we've seen all three of them, the message of this text is going to become crystal clear. So here's the first principle I want us to notice today. No one is too unclean to come to Jesus. No one is too unclean to Jesus. Now, the woman we meet in these verses is pretty much unclean in every sense of the word. And yet, this woman comes to Jesus and finds mercy. I want you to see this woman has at least four strikes against her. First, we notice where she was from. Jesus has gone, in verse 24, to the region of Tyre. Tyre is northwest of Galilee, outside the borders of Israel. As far as we know, this is the only time Jesus ever ventured outside the borders of Israel. Now, Tyre has a long, long history of conflict with Israel. That's where Jezebel was from. You remember Jezebel? The wicked woman who was the wife of King Ahab? This is the woman who introduced Israel to Baal worship and plunged Israel into idolatry, worship of the false god Baal. That's where she's from. Not only that, the people of Tyre are a people who fought against the Jews during what was known as the Maccabean Revolt during the 2nd century B.C. So they were enemies of the Jews. And one historian said they were the most bitter of Israel's enemies. But their history with Israel wasn't the only problem for these people. One Bible commentator explained it like this. Tyre 
probably represented the most extreme expression of paganism, both actually and symbolically, that a Jew could expect to encounter. In other words, there was no greater or more extreme example of paganism and idolatry than the people of Tyre. And that's where this woman is from. Here's the bottom line. This woman who comes to Jesus is a pagan from a nation who is Israel's most bitter enemy. That's two strikes against her. Another strike against her is the fact that she was a woman. Now this is hard for you and I to understand, but women in the culture of that day really were second-class citizens. A respected Jewish rabbi would never have dealings with a woman in public. So the fact that she's a woman coming to Jesus puts her at a disadvantage. That's strike three. Women were disregarded often and not often taken seriously. And verse 26 shows us the fourth strike against this woman. She's a, Zen, uh, she's a Gentile from Syrophoenicia. She's a, a Gentile from Phoenicia, which is in the state of Syria. She's, she's a non-Jew. She's not part of God's chosen people, Israel. She is outside of the covenants of promise. She has no claim to the good things God promised to Abraham and his descendants. Listen, in the eyes of the Jews, this woman is completely and totally unclean unacceptable to God. No right or reason to expect the blessings of God. Basically, they would have said she is unredeemable. Her geography was against her. Her ethnicity was against her. Her religion was against her. Even her gender was against her. Listen, a Jewish rabbi would not have touched this woman with a ten-foot pole. But in spite of all of that, she comes to Jesus and finds mercy. Don't miss the point. No one, no one is too unclean to come to Jesus. It doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter where you're from. It doesn't matter what you have done. Can I tell you, it doesn't matter how many strikes you have against you. You can come to Jesus for mercy. Your family members who are lost, your neighbors and friends and co-workers who are lost, it doesn't matter who they are. It doesn't matter where they're from. It doesn't matter how far they are from God. It doesn't matter if they have a thousand strikes against them. No one but no one is too unclean to come to Jesus and find mercy. The only thing that does matter, however, is how you come to Jesus. Here's the second principle. The way to come to Jesus is by faith. So no one is too unclean to come to Jesus, and the way to come to Jesus is by 
faith. This woman comes to Jesus and finds mercy in spite of all the strikes against her for one simple reason. She came in genuine faith. When we look at this woman's interaction with Jesus, we see four marks of genuine faith. She shows us what genuine faith looks like. This woman is an example of what it looks like to come to Jesus in genuine faith, seeking His mercy. To begin with, she came to Jesus understanding who He is. Notice verse 28. She said to Him, Yes, Lord. You see that? Did you know this Gentile pagan woman from Israel's enemy nation is the only person in the entire Gospel of Mark to call Jesus Lord. The only one. And the significance of that is more obvious when you read the same account of this story in Matthew. Matthew's Gospel records this same story. And in Matthew's Gospel, in chapter 15, verse 22, he tells us this woman actually said to Jesus, Have mercy on me, Lord, son of David. Son of David is a title for the Jewish Messiah. In other words, this woman came to Jesus believing that He was the promised Messiah. He was the promised King. He was the promised Deliverer of God's people. She came, listen, she came believing what all of the Jewish religious leaders had failed to see. This pagan religious, pagan woman from a, from a wicked foreign religion, she saw what none of the Jews could see. Listen, she saw what even Jesus' disciples had still yet to fully realize. Listen, this woman had a clarity about who Jesus is that nobody in this gospel has shown yet, with the exception of maybe John the Baptist. And this is the mark, the first mark of genuine faith. Genuine faith is faith in who Jesus is. You understand? Listen, when you come to Jesus for mercy, you must come believing that He is the Christ, the Son of the living God. It's not enough to believe He's a miracle worker. It's not enough to believe He is history's greatest religious teacher or greatest religious leader. When you come to Jesus for mercy, you must come convinced in your very soul that He is the crucified and risen King and Son of the living God. If you don't have faith in who Jesus truly is, then it's not genuine faith. Whatever else you may believe about Jesus, if you don't believe He is the true, living Son of God,
crucified, died, buried, rose again. If you don't believe in that Jesus, you don't have genuine faith. So when we come to Jesus for mercy, we come convinced that he is the son of God. The next thing I want you to notice about the way this woman comes to Jesus is this. She comes humbly. Look at verse 25. After hearing of him, hearing about Jesus, a woman whose little daughter had an unclean spirit immediately came and fell at his feet. You see it? She fell at his feet. She prostrates herself before him. She bows before him. Out of reverence, and respect for who he is. She bows before him, acknowledging his superiority over her. She bows before him in desperation. And she begs him to heal her daughter. You see it? In verse 26, she kept asking him, cast the demon out of her daughter. She was imploring him. She was begging him. Can I tell you in this moment, there is not one ounce of pride in this woman. She has cast aside all pride. She doesn't care what anybody thinks. She doesn't care what anybody believes. She throws herself at his feet and she begs for mercy. And here's where we see the second mark of genuine faith. Genuine faith is humble faith. Can I tell you today, friend, when we come to Jesus for mercy, we don't come to Him thinking somehow we deserve His mercy. We don't come to Jesus like He's a brother-in-law. We're just asking to do us a favor. Like we're His equal. No, no, no. We don't come to Him because we're worthy. We come because He's good. We acknowledge He is our Master. And we are His servants. We abandon all pride and we plead for His mercy. How does someone with genuine faith come to Jesus for mercy? We come believing who he is. We come in humility. This woman's faith is also evident by her persistence. Look in verse 26. It says she kept asking him, imploring him to cast the demon out of her daughter. That means she was doing it over and over and over again. Unceasing, over and over, she just kept asking him. When you read Matthew's account of this story, we find out to begin with, Jesus just ignored her. He didn't say a word to her. She kept asking, kept asking, and he just didn't pay her any attention at all. But she never quit asking. She was persistent. Why? She knew who he was. She knew what he could do. So she just kept on pleading for mercy. Here's the third mark of genuine faith. Genuine faith is persistent faith. Listen, genuine faith doesn't just ask once. It keeps asking 
until it receives. Genuine faith doesn't just seek for a little while. It keeps seeking until it finds. Genuine faith doesn't just knock once. It keeps knocking until the door is open. In Luke, in Luke chapter 18, Jesus tells His disciples a parable to teach them, it says, that they should always pray and not give up. Listen, that's what people with genuine faith do. They always pray and they don't give up. When you come to Jesus for mercy, how do you do it? You come and you're persistent in seeking his mercy because you believe he's good and he'll deliver. You keep asking and you keep seeking. Why? Because those who keep asking will receive. Those who keep seeking will find. Those who keep knocking the door will be opened. To see the next mark of genuine faith, we move down to verse 28. Here's the most difficult part of this scripture. In verse 28, we see Jesus reply to this woman and all of her pleas for mercy. Look what he says. But he answered and said to her, Yes, Lord, but even the dogs under the table feed on the children's... Excuse me, I went too far. Back up to verse 27. He was saying to her, Let the children be satisfied first, for it is not good to take the children's bread and throw it to the dogs. It sounds an awful lot like Jesus is insulting this woman and has no intention of helping her. That's exactly what it sounds like. But there are several things about Jesus' words that we need to understand. The first thing we need to understand is Jesus is speaking metaphorically. We might call this a parable. It's a figure of speech. To understand the parable, we understand that the children are the Jews and the dogs are the Gentiles. Now, it's true that the Jews would refer to Gentiles as dogs. They would refer to Gentiles as these wild dogs that roam the streets eating garbage and dead flesh, unclean nuisance animals. That's not what Jesus calls her. Jesus uses another word for dog. He uses a word that refers to small dogs that were house pets. In other words, this is a dog who actually belongs in the house. He's part of the household. Jesus is saying, it's not right. Follow this with me. It's not right to give the Jews blessings to the dogs, to the Gentiles. Let the Jews be satisfied first. What is Jesus saying? He is conveying a biblical truth. And here it is. The message of the kingdom, the blessings of salvation, the benefits of the kingdom are to be offered first to the Jewish people. The Apostle Paul makes this very clear in Romans chapter 1, verse 16. For I am not ashamed of the gospel. It is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes, to the Jew first, 
and also to the Greek or to the Gentile. To the Jew first. That's what Jesus is saying in this parable. He's telling this woman, the blessings and benefits of the kingdom come to the Jew first, and only then are they offered to the Gentiles. Now, here's the truth. To understand this parable, we need to understand something. In a household that had a dog, the dog was allowed to eat from the family's table, food from the family's table, but only after everyone had finished eating first. The children have to be fed first, and then the dogs would be given food to eat. Notice what Jesus said in his reply to the woman. Verse 27. Let the children be satisfied first. You see that? See the word first? He's not telling her the Gentiles have no claim to the blessings and benefits of the kingdom. He's saying they must be offered to the Gentiles first. Then, excuse me, they must be offered to the Jews first, then to the Gentiles. Now pay very close attention to the woman's reply in verse 28. She answered and said to him, Yes, Lord, but even the dogs under the table feed on the children's crumbs. Here's another something you need to know about households that had dogs. The dog was not allowed to eat food from the table until all of the people eating had finished. But... But if breadcrumbs or bits of food fell from the table onto the floor, the dogs were allowed to eat them. They didn't have to wait. If food inadvertently were to fall on the floor, bits of breadcrumbs or whatever, the dogs were allowed to eat them. You see what this woman is saying? Yes, Lord, I know that the blessings and benefits of the kingdom are for the Jews first. But that doesn't mean they aren't for Gentiles like me too. You see what's happening here? She understands Jesus' parable. She's the first one in the whole Gospel of Mark that nobody has to explain the parable to. She gets it. She's acknowledging, yes, Lord, you're right. The blessings and benefits of the kingdom go to the Jews first, but that doesn't rule out the Gentiles. They are also for people like me. I'm not asking you to give me everything. I just want the crumbs. Listen, this is what I need you to see. What's going on here? It seems Jesus is so reluctant to help this woman. Listen, he's not. He's not unwilling. He's not reluctant. She is not overcoming his unwillingness. She is tapping into his willingness. So why does he carry on this delay, this hesitation to help her? Don't miss this. This is critical. He is putting her faith on display. This is a test of her faith. Why? It's a test of her faith 
which allows her faith to really shine. Understand something. Faith that is tested and perseveres, that's when it shines the brightest. You understand? Jesus delays helping her so that her faith could be demonstrated. So that it could be demonstrated that she really did believe. She wasn't going to give up. She wasn't going to quit pleading with him. She was convinced he could and would help her. You understand? The longer he delays, the longer she perseveres and keeps believing, the brighter her faith shines. And Jesus wants his disciples who are there to say, you see guys, this is what faith looks like. Because remember how many times he said to them, oh, you of little faith. He's using this pagan Gentile to show them what faith really looks like. What's the fourth principle we learn about faith? F genuine faith is faith that perseveres when it's tested. It's faith that perseveres when it's tested. You remember something, friend? Faith that can't be tested is faith that can't be trusted. I'll say that again. Faith that cannot be tested is faith that cannot be trusted. Hardships in life are a test of faith. Sickness, financial struggles, family conflict, all of these things test our faith. But those with genuine faith will hold on to the promises of God through the midst of all of it. Those with genuine faith will keep trusting Jesus. Can I tell you something today? When hard times come, genuine faith doesn't shrink back. It shines bright. And I need you to get this today. The only difference in the way this woman came to Jesus and the way you and I come to Jesus, there's only one difference. She came in person. We come in prayer. That's the only difference. Do you need His mercy today? Come to Him believing that He is the very Son of God, come to Him in humility, bowing before Him, pleading for His mercy. Come to Him persistently. Keep asking, keep seeking, keep knocking, knowing in your heart that He will answer. And when the hardships of life test your faith, keep praying and keep believing. And you know what will happen? You will receive Mercy. That's the third principle. Those who come to Jesus by faith receive mercy. Look at verse 29. He said to her, Because of this answer, go, the demon has gone out of your daughter. Because of this answer, what was it about her answer that caused Jesus to remove the demon from her daughter? Her answer revealed 
her faith. In fact, when you read this same story in Matthew chapter 15, 28, we find out Jesus actually said to this woman, Oh woman, your faith is great. Do you see it? She came to Jesus in faith. And he responded with mercy. Look at verse 30. Going back to her home, she found the child lying on the bed, the demon having left. Oh, listen to me, friend. When you come to Jesus in faith, He responds with mercy. He may not remove the obstacle, or He might. He may remove it or He may lead you around it in some way. He may stop the suffering or He may enable you to persevere through it with joy and gratitude. He may not give you exactly what you want, but He'll give you exactly what is best. I can't promise you His help will come exactly when and exactly how you want it to. But I can assure you today on the authority of God's Word that if you will come to Jesus in faith, you will find mercy. He will help you. He will give you the guidance and direction you need. He will give you the strength and endurance you need. He will give you the kindness and compassion that you need. Oh, listen. Understand the message of this Scripture today. No one's too unclean to come to Jesus. The way to come to Jesus is by faith. And those who come to Jesus by faith receive His mercy. If we put all three of those principles together, the message of this Scripture becomes very clear. Anyone who comes to Jesus in genuine faith will receive mercy. Anyone, no matter who they are, who comes to Jesus in genuine faith will receive mercy. Do you need His mercy today? Do you need His kindness? His compassion? Do you need His help? His mercy is only a prayer of faith away. If you will come to Jesus in genuine faith, you will discover that Lamentations chapter 3, verse 22 and 23 is absolutely true. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. Let's pray.